Welcome to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. It can be scary for readers to go out of their comfort zone, but in this episode, we're doing just that. Join Amanda and Riley as they each take a dive into a genre they're not familiar with, horror literature for Amanda and young adult literature for Riley. They'll each read a recommendation given by the other person. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. I'm Amanda. And I'm Riley. And we did a genre swap. I read a horror novel. I read um, We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson at Riley's request. And at Amanda's request, I read a YA novel uh, called Truly Devious by Maureen Johnson. And uh, we're going to talk about it today. (laughs) Yes, and it's really funny, I think, that we both ended up, which obviously horror, everything would have been spooky. But you read a little spooky YA. I did. I did. I was like, you know, it's it's a YA novel, but I I still kind of feel like I'm I'm in a familiar territory. It was very it was very spooky. Uh, it kind of had some, like, dark academia vibes because it was yeah. in a boarding school, which I really liked. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I don't know how you enjoyed um, I, We've Always Lived at the Castle. I liked it. Yeah. In the end. Yes. But it was real strange. It is. It's a weird book. I have never read a book really like it. Yeah. Because I don't read a lot of horror, which I also just don't know really what horror is, I think. Right, right. I kind of felt that way about YA, too. I was YA like, is what? just everything just for teenagers. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> like, is yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I liked it. I think the only other book, which I don't even, I guess it's horror. I've read a Stephen King book. Mm-hmm. I read, only one, though. I've read The Outsider by Stephen King. I have not read that one. And it was really, really long. <laughs> and it was really... It was scary. Yeah. It, it was really scary. Um, which they made it into a show, and I started watching the show and never finished it. But this was a lot different than that. So I guess horror is just a lot of different things. But I did really like it. It was interestingly written. Mm-hmm. It was stressful <laughs> from the very first minute, yeah. which it probably didn't help that I listened to it on audio at 1.8 speed. Yeah. So it's very stressful and someone was yelling and screaming at me really fast the whole story but I think that kind of added to it yeah because the Mary Cat is she's so stressful she's so she's like on the edge of her seat like running around crazy doing crazy things oh yeah and also it's from her perspective really yeah it's like she was yelling and screaming at me the whole time (laughs) which she probably would have been yeah in real life so I consumed the book in like the exact same way where I also listened to it at like a high speed and yeah, yeah, it's stressful. It was like my heart was beating. But I guess that's the point of horror. I think I would read other books by her. Yeah. I think I'd give something else a try. She wrote um, The Haunting of Hill House, which I actually have not read. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a fake fan. Um, <laughs> and, um, but I've heard that it's very similar to, to this one. Um, she sort of writes like spooky atmospheric rather than yeah. like 
slasher or like monster it's like it's anxiety like, building yeah psychological <laughs> spooky yeah which have you watched the haunting of hill house i haven't it's been on my watch list like forever i haven't i've seen bits and pieces of it but mm-hmm. i've heard that the book is a lot different okay. that the book and the show are a lot different mm-hmm. which when i was after I finished We Have Always Lived in the Castle, I was looking some stuff up about it on the internet. Mm-hmm. And it was made into a movie, mm. or maybe a show, a movie or a show on yeah. Netflix in 2018. Okay. And I watched the trailer, and I feel like it's different. Okay. I haven't watched the whole thing. I probably will now. Right. But it's, like, touched on in this story that the Charles and Constance might have had a little something going on. Right. And I think in the show they really did. Okay, so they just which take in it the to show the next. Uh, Constance is Alexandria Daddario. Do I don't think I know is? her. She was in the Percy Jackson movies as a teen. Oh, she as has Annabeth? really blue eyes and dark hair. Yeah, I can picture her. her. Yeah, and Charles is Sebastian Stan. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. So I really want to watch it. Yeah, you should. I'll, I might have to watch that too. <laughs> but I think that's more of a thing. Mm-hmm. I can see that. It's kind of creepy. Which is they're related. They're cousins. Yeah. They're first cousins. They're cousins. But that was part of it. Right. That was part of the whole like kind of feminist and family themes. Yeah, just like weird. Like, like he just wanted the money so bad. Oh, yeah. Who cares? I don't care if she's my cousin situation but we have always lived in the castle is about two sisters mary cat and constance which i like the name mary cat a lot which her name's mary catherine but i've never heard the shortening of mary cat me neither there's been a a poisoning Mm -hmm. happen to the rest of their family all that's left is mary cat constance and their uncle julian and they live in a big fancy house. And it's very, I couldn't decide where this was set. Yeah. Somewhere rural, it seemed like. I think. Maybe in New England, yeah. I was wanting to say. But anyway, Constance does not leave the house ever. And Maricat will go in town, but it's all just very confusing and spooky, and you don't really know what's going on, and you don't know who killed the rest of the family. And everything's very secretive and spooky. And then Charles, the cousin, comes into the picture. And Constance lets him in, even though she never lets anyone in the house. And things take a turn there. Yeah. And I, I, won't, I won't ruin it for anybody that wants <laughs> to read it, which you should read it because it's very, very short. Yes. It's 210 pages or something like that. It's yeah. like a one-sitting read if you're yeah. looking for a spooky time, <laughs> short read. But that is a little bit about what happens in We Have Always Lived in the Castle. Yeah. And I can give a plot synopsis of Truly Devious, uh, which was very, very good, and I'm excited to talk about it. So it sort of has two stories within it. Um, It takes place at this boarding school called Ellingham. And it's like a boarding school for gifted teens, but like not gifted in a specific thing, just like gifted in Mm -hmm. something. And our main character, Stevie, is this very smart, like she really wants to be a Sherlock Holmes type detective. She's very into mysteries. 
And she comes to Ellingham and wants to solve this kidnapping slash murder that happened in the 30s to the wife and child of the founder of the school. And it's like this big unsolved mystery. Yeah, I really liked it a lot. Um, it bounces back and forth like between the present day and the crime in the 30s, and I really liked that. Um, I loved the characters. Yeah, I, I'm like getting <laughs> off of plot synopsis and just like into my thoughts now. But um, yeah, it was just really, really good. Um, she is solving, like trying to solve this murder and also like stuff that's going on in the present day. Uh, there's a little romance with her and one of the guys in there, but also she's like kind of suspicious of him. Uh, I really liked the character uh, Nathan. I thought he was very relatable mm -hmm. as someone who tries to write creatively sometimes. Um, he like is a novelist and he's constantly he's, stressing he's about writing. He's very downtrodden. He's very downtrodden. He's very down on himself. He's very negative, but I like him a lot too. I think he's so funny. He's just like <laughs> so like anxious all the time. I'm like, oh, Nathan. <laughs> I liked Ellie. She's like their really weird like housemate yes. who's obsessed with like French culture and like avant-garde art. And... and she takes baths in her clothes. Yeah, yeah. I love an eccentric character. <laughs> um, whenever Ellie was in a scene, I was like, oh, this will be this will be fun. Yeah, I really liked following the mystery. I thought the author did a really good job of not making anything obvious. Mm -hmm. Like I genuinely was like. I was, I was like with Stevie where mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going on. Um, Stevie's the main character. Yeah, it's a trilogy and uh, mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to read the other two now because I really wanna know everything. Yes, which it's a trilogy. I think it started out, it was supposed to be a trilogy. Right. But now she's written a fourth book. Oh. And it's out. Okay. The first one, amazing. Right. I loved it. One of my favorite books I've read in years. Really? Like, yeah, I, I just really, something about it. Yeah. I just loved it. And the second one was also really, really good. Okay. And the third one was good. Okay. It, it was still at Ellingham. Mm -hmm. Those all happened on campus. Okay. Which is just such a part of it. Yeah. And because they're like in Vermont. Oh, yeah. They keep, like, describing it. And everything's misty and spooky and cold. And the – I'm trying to think. Maybe there's – is there five? There might be five. One of them, they are not at the school. Two of them, they're not at the school. I think there's five, actually. Number four is – I should have written all this down about the series. I was just <laughs> thinking about fine. the first one. Yeah. But the fourth one, they're not on campus. They're counselors at a summer camp. Interesting. And it was good. Right. But it completely changed the vibe. Yeah. Then in the fifth one, they go to England. Ooh. To, to do a little study. Yeah. I don't know. They, like, trick their little tricksters and get the school to pay for them to go to England. That sounds like, yeah. And <laughs> they lost me. That one lost me. Got it. Which Elizabeth, that works here has read this whole series and she doesn't agree so maybe she liked it so she so liked maybe all you might like them too which i will say you mentioned that the you liked that it swapped back and forth to the 1930s yes they all swap back and forth okay so but i believe the first the first three that are the original trilogy they all go back to the 1930s mm -hmm. but then the one at the summer camp goes back to the 1970s okay 
and the one in England goes back to the 1990s. Got it. And it was the 1990s one, I think, is kind of what threw me about it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what time period is this? Like, it wasn't different enough. Like, I could, mm-hmm. I had to look it up. I couldn't decide. I was like, where are they going back to? I don't, right. What is happening? I guess I don't know enough about 1990s England. <laughs> yeah. But those books are just so good. Even the ones that aren't that good are really good. Like, if she writes another one, I'll read it. Right. Even though I didn't like the England one that much. But they're just very, like, the atmospherics are very good. They're perfect. Yeah. For, like, I I listened to them on audio. Did you listen to it or did you read it? I partly read it and partly listened on audio. Like, when I was driving, I would listen to it on audio some. But if I was, like, sitting down somewhere, I would read it. You'd read it. I love... The lady that does the audio. Yeah, she really, like, I love the voices that she did for the male characters. Yeah. Like, she managed to make them all slightly different, but they all kind of had that, like, Bro, I'm a I'm yeah. a girl doing a boy voice, like, <laughs> in an audio book, um, which I thought was really funny. But she has a really interesting voice. She does. And it's she almost really... like old, I guess because of the 1930s part, it's almost like old-timey movie yeah. voice. Yeah. But I really did like it. But it was very different than we have always lived in the castle. Yes, but I would say they're almost like similar in having very spooky atmospherics. Yeah, and I thought that like it occurred to me when I was reading it that they had similarities Mm -hmm. and like this like unsolved tragedy kind of looming over everything, Mm -hmm. um, and sort of making everyone suspicious of um, everybody's looking at everybody. Yeah, like who did this? Um, and without spoiling for the listeners, um, like there's a, a modern murder that happens at Ellingham that she's solving, um, as well as the historical one. And uh, yeah, it got spooky. I was like not expecting the narrative to like, I mean, I guess they already had like the historical like kidnapping and murders very dark because like the founder of the school, like his daughter, who mm. was a child was one of the victims, but I was still really surprised when this, like, other teenager that she'd been hanging out with got killed off. I was like, oh, this is like a... It's kind of dark. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this got dark. Because you don't read a lot of why. I I read a lot of why, like, a lot. Yeah. And I read a lot of why mysteries, thrillers. I did in years past. I don't read as many why thrillers anymore because a lot of them are not that good. Right. In my opinion. They are very, you know what's going to happen. You know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. But this one is not that way. No. And it's kind of dark. Lots of murder. Yeah. I was like, oh, they killed a kid. Which they (laughs) are older teens. Yeah. They're, what age are they when they go there? Like 11th graders? I think so. I think they said like 16 or 17. Yeah. I think they go there for their last two years of high school, I want to say. Yeah. But at this, this this show I'm going to mention came out after these books. But it reminds me a lot of the show Wednesday. Oh, I have not seen it. Obviously, in Wednesday, they're like monster children. <laughs> ghost, ghoul, monster children. Yeah. But um, the setting of it. Because right. in the new Wednesday, the show that came out with Jen Ortega, mm-hmm. she's at a boarding school. And there's spooky stuff going on. So you would probably like Wednesday. Yeah, I probably if would. If you liked that book. 
Yeah, it sounds like I would. I loved the descriptions of the school. I really liked that the um, like the classes and the dorms and stuff are in the founder's old house and like yeah. his guest houses and stuff that were like built in the mm-hmm. 30s. Uh, so they really got into like the, and, like I'm a big history nerd. So I was like having a really good time <laughs> with all of that. Um, like talking about speakeasies and. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like, even though it's, Kind of, it's realistic, like it's all stuff that could really happen. Yeah. It was very world building Yeah, yeah. Like it almost reminds me of Harry Potter. Yeah, I, I got like that. Like the sort way of vibe. like the school has this whole little world unto itself. They're all secluded on a mountain, and there's the cool dorms and the cool cafeteria, and they're eating cool food. Yeah. I don't. I was obsessed as a child when I read Harry Potter with the food of Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially in the movie where those little sugar biscuits are floating or the mm-hmm. little cupcakes or whatever. <laughs> I wanted to eat them so bad. They made British food look very good in yeah, the and Harry like, Potter Yeah, in the books even. Like, yeah. they're, like, drinking pumpkin juice. Yeah. And they're, they're eating chocolate frogs and pumpkin pasties. Uh-huh. Lots of pumpkin. Yeah. But in the, in the Truly Devious series... They're in Vermont, uh-huh. so everything is maple. I thought that it's was like so a going funny. joke that everything is maple. There's like maple sodas, yeah, and ma- just maple everything. But they made the food. I like books where food is really incorporated. Yeah, which this book it was largely about food, food is very incorporated. Lots of stuff about food. It did kill some people. Yeah, in this book food was like almost like the main like plot device of everything happening yeah you know i did that didn't really occur to me until you said it but it is very like central to that novel so like you know everyone thinks that constance killed her whole family and the way that they were all killed was arsenic Mm -hmm. um in the sugar dish and everyone had sprinkled it on their berries and there's this like long conversation where her uncle's defending her and he's like ever since constance was little she never ate berries like the rest of us she doesn't have a sweet tooth so it's because one of the big things against her was that she didn't take the sugar so it looks like she knew you know that, that there was arsenic and she saved herself um, but, like, there's this long conversation with the uncle about how she doesn't have a sweet tooth. And, like, so it makes perfect sense that she didn't. And, yeah, yeah it's very, like. But I was kind of confused. I still am kind of confused. Yeah. Why Uncle Julian didn't die? I think that the reason that he was so, like, mentally everywhere. And yeah, because I think was, it affected him. That it, it, He just didn't eat enough, I guess. I guess he just didn't have an. He just had enough for it to, to mess with his health, you know, mm-hmm. badly, but not, not kill him. Poor Uncle Julian. Uncle Julian just makes me sad. He, I'm like, he oh. was a strange man. He's just, he's just trying his best. He's, he was all over the place. He was. He's always trying to write down the events of that day, but he can never remember. He can't remember, and he thinks Miracat is dead, even though he sees her. Yes, that that confused me very much, too. He keeps talking about Miracat as if she's dead, even though she's right there. And at one point in the book, I was like, is Miracat a, a ghost? ghost? Yes, I and wrote that like, down. I was like, are they ghosts? But I don't, I mean, maybe that's up in the air for us. But like other characters see I them. So I think Uncle yeah, Julian is just. I don't think they're ghosts. No, I think Uncle but Julian is But I think Miracat is completely delusional. Oh, she's like, she's unwell. <laughs> I think 
some I don't know what it is. I also think it could be like that it was in the 1960s because this book came out in 1962. I yeah. think we've said that. It's like maybe she she's depicted as being like completely delusional and detached mm-hmm. from all forms of society. It's like when she goes to town to the grocery store, she's like it's like a board game and it's like maybe she wasn't that delusional and she just was like ahead of her time. <laughs> maybe. Like she was not agreeable with like patriarchy. No. That was like part of it. No. Yes. She hated being told like, what she, to do. At yeah. All. She just wanted to be with her sister, I guess. Yeah. And to the point she killed everyone. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She's very she's very wild and she, she wasn't just... agreeable. She just didn't fit in society and she no. kept mentioning going to the moon. Yes. She she keeps talking about when they live on the moon and what, what they can do on the moon. And, and it's like she was doing anything she could to make that happen. Yeah. And I think she achieved her goal. Yeah. In a way. In her little delusional world. Yeah. She and Constance make me very sad because she, like, you know, she feels like Constance is the only one that understands her, Mm -hmm. and she isolates them, and Constance really leans into that isolation. They have, like, a very codependent sister relationship, and it just... I I come away from that novel just feeling very sad for these two characters that are just kind of doomed by themselves. Yeah, but it's also crazy how... The story makes you like them so much. Yes. And they literally killed their whole family. I know. I'm like, this girl (laughs) poisoned everyone after she got sent to bed early (laughs) without supper. She was like, yeah, I'll just poison everyone. Don't ever send me to bed without supper. Because they never really explain other than that, other than that one comment of when Charles is like, Oh, like, she needs to be punished. And she's like, what are you going to do? Send me to bed early? Because I'll kill you. Yeah. Yeah. And she tells Constance, she's like, I put it in the sugar dish because I know you don't have a sweet tooth. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's so creepy. Stop, America. But at the end, it's like she's completely, because you can tell Constance is kind of considering leaving. Mm-hmm. She's kind of considering going out in the world. Yeah, with Charles. And living a normal life with her cousin. <laughs> but, <Yes>. um... <laughs> Um, which, if her cousin was Sebastian Stan, <laughs> can you blame her? But um, at the end, when they're in the kitchen and the house is all broken down and they're, like, living as, it's so, like, I feel like this is, like, the origin story of haunted houses. Yeah. Because every, you know, every town's got a house where they're like, oh, somebody lives in there. There's a witch yeah. in there. And they do X, Y, Z. You know, they, they eat children. Yeah. And... There really are. Yeah. They're in there. Yeah. And they're being strange and sitting in the kitchen floor and wearing tablecloths as clothes. And they've, like, just completely left society. Yeah. But they're in there, like, there's a scene where they're, somebody's outside trying to talk to him, like, mm-hmm. talk to him through the door. And they're eating biscuits. Yeah. Silently. Uh-huh. And, like, laughing silently. And I don't know why, but that scene was just hilarious to me. Yeah. And I think it was hilarious to them, too. Yeah. But I'm like, I guess they're happy. They're yeah. in there eating biscuits, and people brought them food. Mm-hmm. It, it's like Mary Cat was so delusional. Yeah. And, like, going to the moon, it's almost like she was an alien mm-hmm. to society. 
to the point she made the other people in the town eventually buy in on it. They were like, we're just going to have to go along with this. Yeah. Because she's, it, she, her power was too strong. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, like, we're just going to let them live in there. We're not going to mess with them. We're going <laughs> to sit dinner on the porch. Like everything, we're just going to pretend it's not happening. Yeah. They're just like scared of them now. Like they, yeah. I, I feel like the townspeople used to be very like contemptuous of them. Yeah. They're like, oh, you got away with it. And the little rhyme and, they would uh-huh. do. They come up with like a nursery rhyme about it. Which don't all scary haunted house books have that? Yeah, it's like the nursery rhyme isn't going to be mocking <laughs> anymore. It's going to be like this spooky warning. Yeah. Um, yeah, like they all go from like mocking them to like being afraid of them. And like, I guess that's better for them. Yeah. It's like the tables completely turned. Yeah. Yeah. That her family told her to go to bed with no dinner. Poisoned. Poisoned. <laughs> the Charles ran him off yeah like it which i feel like the family i guess was like family ties to the world mm-hmm. and charles just wanted their money yeah and okay. so he was like the tie the money tie mm-hmm. so she cut the family tie she cut the money tie we're living in the house we're sitting in the floor giggling yeah and eating biscuits yeah she's like this is what i wanted from the which beginning doesn't sound that bad it doesn't other than you know i don't know it's like they found a a societal loophole yeah because they're getting everything they need they never have to leave their house yeah everyone fears them yeah and they're eating biscuits they kind of haven't made yeah like i didn't expect like feminist undertones yeah which maybe that's because i've never read any other shirley jackson i yeah she I don't know. I, f- I feel like she probably, I, I honestly don't know that much about her yeah. as a person. Um, so I can't, you know, speak for her, but um, just what little I've read from her, like I get that vibe yeah. from her for whatever reason. Um, maybe I'm projecting, but I don't know. Which I guess that is a, the difference kind of between, like, I feel like a teenager, if they were to read Truly Devious, mm-hmm. they would probably like this. Yeah. But they probably wouldn't be likely to pick it up because it sounds like something your English teacher would make you read. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, it definitely, like, sounds like, like the premise, even, like, the premise of it sounds very, like, this is a classic. Yeah, like, it's, like, literary. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Because there's not really a whole lot of, if any, like, undertones in Truly Devious. Truly Devious is just for fun. It is. It but is. it's very fun. Though I love the part where she... Her parents are, like, so infuriatingly written. They're very, yes. like, oblivious. To, they don't care about anything. They don't care about anything. They're, like, they don't, like, they don't know her. <laughs> um, but there's, like, a part where she brings David, um, yes. like, her, her love interest. He comes to dinner with them. Which he's kind of infuriating, too. He is. He is. David, I don't know how I feel about their romance. I'm like, mm. I don't. Mm-mm. Yeah, it like when it started, I was like, "Oh, this is the direction we're going in." Okay. I almost wish it just hadn't been there. But yeah. I think for some YA readers, you have to include that, or they're not interested. That was kind of the vibe that I got. I was like, "Oh, here's like the teenage appeal." Like yeah, all of it is like teenage appeal, yeah. but like that specifically, I was like, "Ah, yes." The, you gotta the- have the. He's literally a movie star. Like, he... <laughs> he is. He he's is. a movie star. He is. And he, like, comes to dinner with them, and he's, like, saying a bunch of 
stuff that her parents are like really agreeing with and mm-hmm. she's so mad because like she says that exact type of thing all the time and they dismiss her and she's like guess I should have been a guy <laughs> and I just thought that part was really funny Stevie is like a very relatable main character mm-hmm. and I really loved that um she's got an anxiety disorder which I also have but yeah I uh, when they brought up her anxiety disorder I was like ah oh, heck yeah <laughs> relatability yeah. The we love it whole series is very diverse yeah I which noticed that. I think a lot of YA books I mean, there's a lot of just diverse books in the world now, but almost, it seems like almost all my books are now, which is yeah. good. That makes me really but happy. that book was very, had a very diverse cast. Yeah, yeah. Like it kind of had a big cast, too. Yeah, at first I had, like, a hard time kind of keeping yeah. up with the character. But, like, by the end of the book, I was like, oh, yeah, I know them. Yeah. But um, at first I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to keep up with all these characters. There's so many of them. Which I like the, is it Janelle? I love Janelle. Yeah, yeah she's so because sweet. Because she's like a woman, a black woman mechanical uh, engineer. Like she's an engineer. Like yeah. she builds machines. She builds machines. Yeah. That's her genius yeah. that brings her to the school. Yeah. And, and I really like her character. Yes. Like at times I like her more than Stevie. That's Stevie kind of like, gets on my nerves a little. Stevie, no, Stevie, she's relatable, but yeah. she does still get on she, my nerves. She is definitely sometimes. a main character that you don't love all the time. And I like that. But like, you love Janelle I, all the time. She never does anything wrong. Ever. I love her. I love her. She's like the quintessential, like, be- like best friend that, like, is keeping you from, like, mm-hmm. totally setting yourself on fire. And I love, like, like her partner's non-binary, which yeah. I thought was, like, I had a little, like, oh, like, moment when that they mentioned that. Yeah, I really, I liked, um, one thing that I liked talking about, like, Stevie getting on your nerves sometimes is one thing that drives me crazy sometimes is, like, a main character, the characters that don't like them are all super mean and have no reason to not like them. Yeah. And all of the good characters adore them. Um, It's very black and white. Yeah, but with Stevie, like, she actually, like, gave some characters reasons to not like her. And they, like, it was very realistic in that way. Like, not everyone is going to like you. And you're not always going to, like, do the right thing or have good interactions with people. Like, she really ticks David off because, like, she goes through his stuff. Yeah. And, like, he's valid to be upset about that. (laughs) And, like, Like, the narrative paints it as such. in this boy you like's room and going through his laptop. Yeah. Like, that's not good yeah she's this like girl because she's like i'm this detective and i'm like doing this stuff and she puts her detectiving before anything yeah it doesn't matter like relationships Mm -mm. school the law yeah (laughs) that's all that's number one yeah and it affects everything for her yes and it does throughout the rest of the books good good well i love that it backfires sometimes yeah. i'm like that's good writing that's it's it's good that she doesn't always get her way or yeah. always have the characters like think that she's right or like i don't know i just i everything i read i try to like cast in my mind with famous people i get that i get that and i could not think of anybody for her for she Stevie? she's a very just like you don't read characters especially in YA that are described as looking like her a lot yeah because she has short hair Mm -hmm. and like the way she dresses is described kind of oddly yeah like I couldn't put anybody to her yeah 
Yeah, like, the book really stresses that, like, she dresses for comfort and not yeah. for aesthetics. Um, and, like, the other characters, like, dunk on her sometimes because she's, like, always wearing, like, jeans and a, and a hoodie. And I felt like that. I loved that they, they didn't paint it, like, where she was like, I'm not like other girls. Yeah. I always wear hoodies. She she's just, just like is that way. She's like, I just like she's to be comfortable. She's almost depicted as being, like, a little grungy. Yeah. A little dirty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she, like, loves how, like, Janelle's very, like, feminine and, like, yeah like dresses up she and like stuff. matches her perfume to her clothes yeah and stevie doesn't dunk it on her at all for yeah. that she's like They're that's so cool i love people. that about you yeah yeah very like wholesome like friendships throughout the the book i thought like with her and janelle specifically um i thought that was like really sweet um and her and nate i love nate <laughs> yeah he is funny so i think this was a successful genre swap based on our conversation yeah i agree i yeah this was awesome (laughs) yes i think i will read more horror maybe more charlie jackson in particular because it was really interesting i I liked it a lot i just loved it (laughs) i really did like i didn't i didn't think i was gonna for about the first 60 percent but the end very valid won me over I'm so glad. I had a similar, like, I really got into it near the end. I was like, I want to know what happened. Yeah. So I got to the end and really liked it. Um, Yeah, I loved Truly Devious. I'm immediately probably going to check out the second one uh, because I want to know what happened and I want more of these characters. Yeah, thank you so much for recommending this because I I really enjoyed it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We hope you will tune in next time, and we encourage you to visit your local public library often.